This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, Ramadan Kareem, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. It is Tuesday, and of course, time for the page turner as we talk authors, books, and ideas that have had the greatest impact on us with a special guest every week. Today is going to be a fascinating one with award-winning Emirati poet Afra Atik and her four picks. We're going to be exploring His Highness Dr. Sheikh Sultan bin Muhammad Al-Qasimi's autobiography, My Early Life, the century-old classic Anne of Green Gables, The Sumptuous, A Fairy Winter Marketing, and Believe It or Not... The Merriam-Webster Dictionary. All of that and more is next, right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the Page Turner. The Page Turner on Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Afra Atik is an Emirati award-winning poet and PhD candidate at UAE University, having recently won the Special Achievement Award at the Arab Women Awards and the 2017 ADMAF Creativity Award. She has been featured, a featured performer and speaker on multiple platforms, and today she is our special guest. Afra, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. So great to have you here on the page, Turner. You are somebody who is very much um, part of uh, the UAE's uh, poetry scene at the moment, particularly things like uh, slam poetry. Um, We love hearing you uh, produce your work live on stage. It is something that's incredible. It's visceral. It's something that moves people uh, no matter who it is that is watching you. And and that's how I first discovered you. Um, So I feel like you are the perfect person to be here with us on the page and to share your love of words. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so happy you um, invited me to come and talk about my favorite thing, which is words and, and, and books and poetry. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be really good. I tried to pick books that um, that shaped me in one way or another, and it was difficult to just find find four. And I was actually going to email you back and say, Sally, can I pick 40 instead of four? <laughs> We're going to have to have multiple editions, but I want to uh, kind of ask you where this all comes from. You are, of course, Emirati. You speak Arabic so fluently, English so fluently, um, and you actually, your poetry is in English as well. uh, And and it reaches across cultures in amazing ways. So where did all of this come from for you? Um, I mean, I do. I started doing poetry in French now, so that's that's like a, a new a new linguistic addition. Um, I like to think I live between languages um, in a sense, and it just I think it's always been there. I'm very very fortunate and very blessed to come from a family that's always had books and always had uh, a poetry and and always had there was always there was always reading and there were always words. And, and so I think that's really where it started. I mean, if we're going back to the way, 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 yeah. back, um, way back when, but, but I think it's, it's also in a need to, to express things and, and to talk about things. And, and I normally say, you know, it's, it's great to, to uh, keep me talking. It's getting me to, to stop talking. That's the, normally the problem. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are going to hear some of your poetry later on uh, in yeah. the show, but I want to uh, kick off with your first pick, um, which is uh, really a very, very interesting one. Your uh, pick, your first one is My Early Life by His Highness Dr. Sheikh Sultan bin Muhammad Al Qasimi, our very own ruler of Sharjah. Talk yeah. to us about this. Uh, I am so 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 excited about this book it is a book that um i read in english um it is it was originally written in arabic and it was translated and i think it's been translated into multiple languages which is um which is amazing but it is um one of a series of autobiographical um books by his highness and it's just it offers such incredible insight and it offers such um amazing wisdom within the book that i think it's a it's a must read um for for everybody and it shows you a side of of things that i think a lot of people um don't know about which which is is incredible he's a, a very 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 eloquent writer um his writing style is 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 easy to follow and it's really uh really insightful and really rich uh so it's it, i really enjoyed reading it and uh there are different parts of the book that i think um have have stood out and and like I was we were talking about earlier off off the air it's, it's uh, you know charges the world book uh, capital yes uh, I'm so thrilled I am over the moon thrilled and and happy for uh, for Sharjah for that achievement because Sharjah's always been the 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 cultural and 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 literary hub and it's just it's 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 amazing amazing achievement I can't even I don't have words for <laughs> for how happy I am for the for those for who that. yeah it's, as you're saying for those who know Sharjah this comes as no surprise at all especially with someone like his highness and his vision and and his understanding and and deep insight into the importance of the literary world and and what that brings us and that how that opens up our world um, you know, it comes as no surprise that Sharjah is, in fact, the 2019 World Book Capital. Yeah. But, you know, talk to us a- about moments from this book that, you know, are really defining moments. Um, one of the things that I uh, stuck with me reading this book, and, and uh, like I said, the book is full of insights and wisdom, and uh, it's just an incredible book. But uh, there's a chapter towards the end called The Homeland. And... Um, when His Highness was uh, selected to be the the, the ruler of uh, of the Emirate, he uh, he talks about this moment in a, in a very very eloquent way, and he says, um, "Then I said, help me to be a faithful son to my elders, a sincere brother to my contemporaries, and a kind father to the young." Mm. And he is all of those things. He is absolutely, and it is just amazing. Um, it's an amazing piece of advice. Because you can see that uh, through everything, uh, through everything that he does, and you can see that um, it's it's one of those things that's that's applicable also to other people in, in the way that they, um, in in the in the way that they, they approach their their mm. their lives, and so I think that's that's an incredible moment um, within the book. And then there's another. Um, of course, there's a, there's a lot of emphasis um, in the book. He talks a lot about his education, and education's always been a, a very, very, very um, important um, aspect. And so he's talking about uh, when uh, when he was in school, and they were uh, you know they were having like after school activities. And there's a part in the book that I'm just going to read out um, uh, if I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> 
so there's a part in the book that he says um, there was also a performance, but uh, there was also a performance of the well-known play Masked Honor, which was written by Palestinian poet Mahmoud Ghanem. I played the main role, which was that of Jabr. Uh, a number of sheikhs from different emirates attended, along with a large number of people who had purchased tickets on the days of the Eid holiday that preceded the performance of the play. An estimated 32,000 rupees was collected, most of which had come from donations by the sheikhs of the emirates. The donation made by Sheikh Rashid bin Saeed al-Maktoum, ruler of Dubai, was particularly generous. The money that was collected was to go to the building of the extra classroom, classrooms for the Qasimiyah school in Sharjah. And this is just one example of where he elaborates on uh, education and the importance of education, but also uh, also theater. And, you know, his, his highness has um, been a very big um, influential figure in, in, in a culture and particularly in theater. You have Sharjah Theater, uh, Desert Theater Festival. You have uh, Sharjah Heritage Days. There's always a lot of theater involved in that as well. So you can see... Um, from the the early days and from from his uh, from his schooling that theater and and arts and culture were very um, Im, uh, important uh, to him particularly it's where and uh, you know very well it's where the words are translated onto the stage yeah. and can reach you know an audience in a whole other way um, which is quite incredible but we've also got now uh, that is happening at the moment the Emirati yes uh, book festival as well which is uh, incredible I think as an Emirati writer, it's uh, it's such an incredible moment to have these kinds of uh, to have these kinds of these kinds of things because it's not just about you as one individual writer, but it's about you in relation to the wider literary community. And so it's about uh, publishers, it's about writers from different genres, and to have them all in in one place, I think is I think is incredible. I was telling you earlier that I. Uh, the, the the book fair, the Sharjah book fair, has always been an, a central part of uh, of my life. I can remember going to it uh, before it moved to its new premises. Uh, I feel kind of old saying that, <laughs> but uh, it's 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 about it's that. It's about the meeting. With. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's about the meeting the meetings of of minds, which I think is which I think is amazing. Um, but one of the things I will say about this about this book is I think that everybody um, should read the book because it shows you kind of the evolution of of uh, <coughs> um, the ev- the evolution of uh, taking you know be- who you were and becoming who you uh, who you ultimately become which I th- which I think is an amazing uh, an amazing thing to have have in a book but also I think from a from a literary perspective as far as an, an autobiography goes it's actually it's incredibly uh, incredibly well written and I, I would encourage everybody to read uh, to read the book amazing amazing what what is uh, maybe the most surprising thing to you that you maybe learned from this book about his highness uh, one of the things that surprised me in the book was how much I didn't know um, and I, and I think it's to be able to record your um, your experiences with that amount of eloquence, I think, is uh, is such an amazing uh, amazing thing to to do. And I know that it's a difficult thing to do, just from my experience as a writer. And so I was I was surprised by how little I actually knew. Um, and and I I thought that I that I knew a lot. And then I and then I, I read the book and uh, and I realized that I really didn't know everything that I that I thought I knew so interesting um, and I think it's really 
it's one of those books that you read and you can't pe- you can't put down. Really, you read it straight through. It's almost like one stream of consciousness. You just wow. You you read the whole the whole book through because it is really uh, really rich and really eloquent uh, writing. It's very uh, it's very transparent. It's very much you're you're reading the book and you are you're you're, you're visualizing things and you're. Um, you're, you're you're thinking about okay, well, this is this is uh, you know the year when this happened, and that's the year when that happened, and then the, there's a there's a a way that they come together, and and that's what one of the things that I love about the book is that it is actually um, relative. A lot of the times when you read uh, biographies and memoirs, it's a lot of dates, it's a lot of. Uh, so and so said this, and so and so said that. It's like a history book, kind of. This is, uh, it's written in a very, uh, you know, it's it's written in first person. It's it's very personal, and you you're reading the book, and you you understand um, everything that is go that's going on, and so you're not sitting there reading the book thinking, okay, when did, wait, what? <laughs> And, so it's, and, and, it's, and this yeah. is very much, you know, covering a time when there were a lot of events and there was lot, you know, yeah. quite a bit of upheaval going on, um, not just within the UAE, but, you know, within Sharjah as well. Yeah. And it's really fascinating to get his perspective and his insights and to understand, you know, one of the greatest leaders, how his mind works and how his upbringing has shaped who he is and who Sharjah is today as well. I love that. That's going to be one on our reading list as well, Afra. But coming up, uh, we are going to be talking your unexpected second choice. The book really, where the it all starts. The book that nobody thinks is a book. <laughs> exactly. The book that nobody thinks is a book. That's coming up next on Live Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the page turner. The page turner. On Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Get swole, prepare a bug out bag, grab a go cup, and maybe you'll have a better chance of surviving the omnicide. The translation to that is hit the gym and bulk up, put a bunch of stuff essential for survival in an easy to carry bag, grab a drink for the road, and perhaps you'll live through a man made disaster that could wipe out the human race. Swole, bug out bag, go cup, and omnicide are just a few of the 640 additions to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, which was recently added and deciding what gets included, is a painstaking process that involves uh, the Springfield, Massachusetts-based companies, roughly two dozen lexographers, uh, and it's, it's an incredible process. But you know what? This is what makes the dictionary a living book. And Afra, in fact, this is your second pick for the books that have made the biggest impact on you in your life. Talk to us about <laughs> why you picked a dictionary. I uh, love this. Well, can I just say that I didn't actually know that that's what this, the, the passage you just read meant. So that's, it's good. You learn something new every day. 640 <laughs> words that they've just added, you know, that, that that's it's constantly evolving and changing. I picked the book. So when you, when we initially spoke about this, and you asked me to pick four books that, that shaped me, um, I was thinking, okay, what do I what do I pick? And I was also thinking, okay, what books are going to make me look smart? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
But I, I have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I picked the dictionary because it's a book that we don't normally think of as a book. I think that we think about it as uh, a tool or something that's just kind of there. Um, we don't. I don't think that we uh, think about it in the way that we think about maybe novels or exactly or, or other books. Then it's uh, a book to be read. It, yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's a book to be read. I mean, I don't know if people sit there with the with the dictionary opened. But um, my one of my earliest, if not my earliest memory, is me being maybe two, maybe like two or three years old, um, sitting on the floor of our old house uh, next to the bookshelf with a giant and when I say giant I mean giant to a two year old <laughs> um, they do feel pretty big was, when yes. you're little I think they? it was a 1980s probably uh, 1980s edition of the Webster Dictionary it was a big blue dictionary and it was it was huge and I remember sitting on the floor looking through it kind of just flipping through the through the um, through the book and looking at the pages and thinking what are all these words what do they mean what can I do with them <laughs> yeah so that was that's my that's my earliest memory. I think it's it's kind of uh, says a lot about the way my life my my life path um, turned out. But I think it's I remember looking at it and as I was getting uh, as I was growing older and, and understanding what it what it meant and how it was meant to be used and and looking at all of these words. I, I've I've always gone back to that. I think throughout my childhood, looking through the through the book and flipping through it and finding random words and seeing what they mean and knowing that I'm probably never going to use these words ever again, but they're good to know just in case. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I, I picked the I picked the Webster's dictionary because I think on a on a personal level it means a lot. Uh, it means a lot to me. But I am very very thankful that I had that experience because you know we were talking about this earlier. I, I've always had books around me, um, but the dictionaries was one that was kind of uh, I would say kind of central to. Me just having this fascination with uh, with with words. It wasn't really like a love of words at that time. I was I was two. It wasn't going to be a love affair with words, but it was a fascination, and it was a it was a fascination with knowledge. But it's these experiences really that kind of that spark something, aren't yeah. they? And I mean, that's why it's so important to be surrounded by books like you were as kids, and to yeah. just. To feel that and to, to stumble upon words, you know, and just and that's the beauty of having a book as a dictionary rather than going online and Googling, you know, what something means, because then you I just have been known to do that, too, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you you kind of randomly stumble upon other yeah. words and go, oh, wow, that is so cool. I didn't know that. Or that's that sounds so amazing. That sounds so interesting. Yeah. And I would I would use words. I mean, so I, I, I can remember <laughs> instances where I, where I would find a word and then I would use it. So I use the word ambidextrous a lot. I like that. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know how it was going to use it, but I knew that I was going to use it. So that, I used it. Does that not mean that you can use both yes. hands to do stuff? Okay, right. Yes, Good. which was actually I'm very on. interesting considering that I'm left-handed and I do a lot of things with my right hand. So ambidextrous was was one of those. But I remember um, lexicon was another word that I, that I, or I remember looking up. And then uh, I remember at some point later on, and I was watching uh, Mary Poppins. And there's part, one of the, one of the, the lyrics and one of the thing, one of the songs was leaping through leap through lengthy lexicons, and I and I remember hearing it. Oh, I know that. I know what it means. <laughs> did you look up supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? I did not, and probably because I didn't know how to spell it at the time. <laughs> but but it it's it's amazing the the impact that it has just looking at them because I wasn't actively looking for 
for specific words but i've always been uh you know alhamdulillah i've, I've always been a good uh, really good at spelling mm. so i think that has something to uh, to do with it and i think it's it's a it's a book that i think has shaped a lot of a lot of who I became later. With, with your poetry now, do you yeah. kind of some, sometimes just I do not leap through, through lengthy lexicons. I do not. Just <laughs> for, you know, weird and interesting words that are just going to, you know, say what you want to say in a whole different way, maybe? No? Um, I've tried that, but I also think that when I when I write poetry, um, I write it normally in one stream of consciousness. So uh, I don't really go and look things up and, and think okay where can I fit this in but I'm, I I should look into that I mean I should look into putting it um, I don't know what rhymes with ambidextrous but <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna find a word we for should, you we should look for it but yeah. the reason why uh, you were hearing this song a little bit earlier it is of course Stan yes by Eminem yep this is one of the words that was added to the Webster Dictionary this year. I stan you. You stan Afra. Huh. <laughs> is this not... My daughter uses that word all the time. You know, this is a thing, like, that, you know, to, to be um, in support of somebody. Of course, in this song, it's kind of being obsessed with somebody so yeah. much that, you know, you're, you show your adoration to them, but it's just... It's what we say now to to show our support for somebody or something. I think the the life cycle of words is actually really interesting, because you have words that have been around for centuries and and they kind of fade off yeah. into the background and then they come back. Right. And you have new words added and you have. I I would love to be one of those people that puts new words in the in the dictionary. That's the amazing I, thing. It's, it's even words that we know from before, like screen time. Yeah. They've actually they've added new definitions to it, and there's few words that. That have that we've had from before, but they've added new definitions to them. Like screen time, it used to mean that the amount of time that an actor used to get on screen. Now, of course, <laughs> it means something completely different as well as that. You know how much time we spend in front of screens because yeah. it's become who we are. So I just love that. I love the the living language. It is. I, they really are living. Uh, you know they have they have a life cycle they have a they have a birth some words have a death and it's just really 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 interesting and it's not you know it's it's all languages that have that that kind of life cycle of 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 words uh, and i and i just think it's fascinating and again it was for me it was the fascination with words and the love of knowledge and knowing that uh you can never have enough knowledge you, you can, can always never. learn something about something it is so interesting it is really fascinating i love that and um because of you i think i'm gonna just be randomly opening up dictionaries now <laughs> as well trying to find interesting words um uh, this is so do it see where the see what word it it opens up on just a random exactly random dictionary page i love it i love it um uh, another word that's kind of uh, come in there i don't know that it's a word it's more of an acronym egot do you know what that is egot um, it's an entry into the, in the dictionary that basically stands for the rare achievement of winning an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Huh. That's become an actual word. There you go. Okay. The well, stuff- I don't know if I, I could foresee any God in my future. <laughs> <laughs> you could be. I can see Tonys. I can see Grammys. Spoken word artist. I think there's a lot to come from Afra Atik. But coming up next, what is imminently coming from Afra, um, we're going to be talking the 100-year-old classic. Oh, my favorite book. <laughs> it is my favorite. I, it's not, I mean, it's one of my favorite books, so I'm very excited to talk about it. Hold that excitement. That's coming up next right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95.
This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the Page Turner. The Page Turner on Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Yes, it is now time to talk about that redhead that uh, was... The fabulous redhead. The fabulous (laughs) redhead, Anne of Green Gables, written 100 years ago, uh, this particular book, 1908, so 111 years ago, but it feels like it just, it could have been written today. Afra, why is this your favorite? I love, 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 love this book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's been one of those books that has stuck with me since since the beginning. Anne is an amazing character. She's unapologetically herself. She has an amazing outlook on life. And you, for me, reading the book and and you know hearing what it what it is and reading what it is that that Anne is saying, I feel like it's your best friend that's talking. Mm. You're not reading a character a character in a book. Um, it, it's a book, I think it's timeless and I think it's relatable and I think it's relevant and it's just so, it's so well written and the characters are just, I, I love and and with an E. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Get it right, I, I, You know, her as uh, her character, Marilla Gilbert, I cried when Matthew died. Yes. I mean, it was, it's such an, it's such, it's such an incredible, uh, incredibly powerful book because it teaches you a lot about yourself and and being who you are and being true to yourself and i think it's a it's a that's the central message i think as as and the character she is herself all the time in all situations and the way that she reacts th- to things the things that she says the way that she deals with people she's unapologetically herself this is this is who she is and i think that we don't have enough characters um that have that quality which essentially is the quality I think that that all of us are um, are, are looking for. I think everybody wants to wants to be who they are, but also to to be a, a strong female lead like that. Yeah. You know, in a book that uh, we were talking about the fact that you know a lot of people say that this is a coming of age story, but actually, it's really about just. It's about being authentically being yourself. Yes. I think I don't I don't look at it as a coming of age story because it's. It's not that Anne had a turning point in her life where she realized, uh, you know, this is this is who I am. I mean, there there are those moments, but essentially, from the beginning, she arrived like to that. the end. <laughs> this is this is who she is, and I love that about her, and I love that she was just that person that was was always herself. And I think it's it's difficult to and, always be yourself. Yeah, and and especially against boys, you know, when she gets teased. They called her carrots. <laughs> <laughs> and she would not take it. I mean, I should say that Gilbert is also one of my favorite characters, but Anne is Anne is special. Anne is just uh, she's a she's a phenomenal character, and I think as for somebody who has not always felt like they fitted in, they fitted in, they fit in, yeah. <laughs> um, and and not always felt like like they belonged. And everybody has those everybody has those moments. But you have that best friend in Anne Shirley. You have that. Um, uh, you have that 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 person that's telling you, no, it's okay. You can you can be who you are, and and be determined and be ambitious and 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 have these these uh, you know 
just to be who you are and I, and I and I love that about her and I think I've taken parts of that with me um, and so I always you know I do a lot of talks in in schools and, and in universities and, and the one thing that I always tell students is I tell them you may not remember all of the things that I've said to you over the last 20 minutes or over the last hour or however long it was and if you don't remember anything of what I say to you then that's okay but you need to remember this you need to find your voice and you need to use it and it doesn't have to be through poetry it doesn't have to be through writing it can be through whatever it is find your voice find who you are follow your dreams and go after it and i think that's essentially i think that's a lesson that i that i learned from from Anne. be who you are and she says in the book um she says i went looking I went looking for my dreams outside of myself and discovered it's not what the world holds for you. It's what you bring to it. Wow. And that's some, that's some Anne of Green Gables wisdom for you. That is just incredibly beautiful and incredibly powerful as she well. Is, yeah. And you know, the whole idea, um, it's, it's amazing when you keep thinking about the fact it was written in 1908, you know, girls are just as good as boys. She was ready to take on anyone. I love that about her. She is, and she's really um, one of one of the one of the the characters that was actually very insightful and very wise about things. And you know, she she says things like, "Tomorrow is always fresh with no mistakes in it yet." And when you think about it, it's such a it's such a powerful, insightful little chunk of you know little pearl of wisdom mm. that that she puts out. And actually, if you look at her 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 dialogue and the things that she says. It's a lot of it is actually really good life advice. And so you you look, listen to it or you 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 read it and you think, hmm, that's actually I can I can apply that. <laughs> when was the first time you read the book? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. Um, How many times have you reread it since? I've reread it several times. Um, but what I what I like to do with with Anne of Green Gables is that I'll just pick a random, uh, you know, ra- a random page and, and go from there. Um, and I, it's. It's such a powerful, uh, powerful book. And I think one of, uh, we were talking about this earlier, so um, I was uh, speaking to one of my friends a while back and we were talking about fitting in and um, you know, finding that sense of, of who you are. And, and uh, she was telling me that one of her, I can't remember the name, but one of her, um, that she had read this quote that said, to fit in is the opposite of to belong. Mm. And I think that's I think that's so relevant. And I actually think that that is something that Anne knew very, very, very well. She knew that belonging is different than than fitting in and wanting to to be to to change things about yourself to um, make things you know comfortable for other people. For I mean, how many of us spend large portions of our life trying to be something that we're not and trying to fit in and trying to fit fit in in to fit into that box? Yeah. Exactly. Only to realize that you were not meant to be in a in, and in never that box. ever actually feeling that you ever belonged because of that, and to realize that wow, that is yeah. just incredibly powerful, amazing. Obviously, uh, this is one. It's a classic. Everybody has to read uh, by uh, by L. M. Montgomery, yes. of course. Um, but coming up, we're going to go into poetry. Yes. <laughs> and this is an amazing book as well. A fairy winter marketing by Rose Fileman. Amazing, amazing book. Absolutely gorgeous illustrations, but it's going to really launch us into uh, your poetry as well, Afra. And we can't wait to hear that. That's coming I'm up so next. I'm so excited.
This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. It's the Page Turner. The Page Turner on Life Beats with Sally Musa and special guests celebrating Sharjah, the 2019 World Book Capital. Yes, Afra Atik is our very special guest today. We're going through her top four picks of books that have made an impact on her in her life. Uh, we've had an amazing number of uh, books so far. My Early Life by His Highness Sheikh Dr. Sultan bin Mohammed Al Qasimi, The Webster Dictionary, we've talked about that, and of Green Gables, which you could uh, probably talk forever about, um, Afra. Um, incredible classic that we can't get enough of. But for the younger readers, this is just, it's one of those books that you have to have in the collection. It's actually, it's a poetry book. Um, incredibly short, but with the most gorgeous illustrations as well. And this is A Fairy Went A Marketing by Rose Fileman and uh, Jermichael Hentley is the illustrator. It is an uh it's such a colorful book. The illustrations are phenomenal. Uh, so this book has actually been with me, I would say, probably for the last 20-ish years. <laughs> and you, you were saying just now you think it comes from the Shadow Book I Fair. I think, <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm looking at the timeline and where this book could have come from, probably from from that. So uh, my, my older sister brought me the, uh, bought me this book and she came home with the book and she said, you know, I got I got you this book. Um, and I was looking at it. And it's called A Fairy Went to Marketing. And a marketing is, you know, a hyphen marketing. And I remember looking at the title of this book thinking, what is this? A dash marketing. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? And, and I, I, I looked through the book and I, and I think I liked that it was uh, that it was a poetry book. Of course, at the time, I didn't think of it as a poetry book. Again, I, I feel like all of my books were just, you know, foreshadowing of what was to come with my, you know, with my life. Um, and this is a, a really, really nice book. It's about a fairy who goes to the market and, and she buys um, different things. And it's it's a story. I think a lot of it is about compassion. A lot of it is about kindness towards uh, towards other living things. Um, you know, she buys a she buys a fish and then she sets it free, and she buys a, a bird and then she sets it free. And and it's it's really about that that kindness towards um, towards other living uh, other living creatures. It's almost. You know, uh, looking at the book and and reading through the book, it's almost like a book about sustainability, how to help a child understand the idea of valuing what's in nature. It's incredibly beautiful. Like you say, you know, it's this fairy that, that buys all of these riches that are found in nature and then puts them in their rightful place. She sets them free. Yep. It's incredibly beautiful. And, and this is how, you know, I, I love reading to my kids. I've always loved reading to them. But books like this that have such a profound um, message in them and are yet so simple and actually so short. But, you know, the illustrations, the words, they give us so much. I'd love for you to read some of it. I, will lo- I would love to read the book. So this is um, A Fairy Went a Marketing. I've never actually read this book out loud <laughs> now that I think about it. <clears throat> a Fairy Went to Marketing. She bought a little fish. She put it in a crystal bowl upon a golden dish. An hour she sat in wonderment and watched its silver gleam. And then she gently took it up and slipped it in a stream. A fairy went to marketing. She bought a colored bird. It sang the sweetest, shrillest song that she had ever heard. 
She sat beside its painted cage and listened half the day, and then she opened wide the door and let it fly away. A fairy went to marketing, she bought a winter gown, all stitched with gossamer and lined with thistle down. She wore it all afternoon, prancing with delight, then gave it to a little frog to keep him warm at night. A fairy went a marketing, she bought a gentle mouse to take her tiny messages to keep her tiny house. All day she kept its busy feet, pit-pattering and to and fro. And then she kissed its silken ears, thanked it, and let it go. The end. Oh, just beautiful. It's so, so short, but actually with so much impact. I think it has a, it has a huge, huge impact when you think about it that way. And when you think about sustainability, when you think about, um, you know, only buying what it is that you need, about not um, wasting, about... Uh, you know, keeping things, uh, using the things that you need and, and not, uh, you know, having having excess, giving, she gave her coat to the frog, you know, um, again, be, being kind, being uh, considerate and understanding that other people live differently than you do. Mm. And the fish, she put it back in, in the stream, uh, you know, taking it back to its habitat and its home. Uh, I think it's a powerful book. Beautiful. I'd, I'd love you were saying um, that you actually donated most of your childhood books, but this yeah. is one you kept. Why did you keep this one? I kept this one because I love the illustrations and I love that my, you know, my older sister um, brought me the book. But I also think that I really enjoyed the words and I enjoyed how they how they rhymed and how they how they went together. And I think that's, you know, we're looking at maybe 20, you know, 22, 23 years ago and yeah. to to. To be, it's it's amazing to me to, that I was actually thinking about that at that at that time, and this book has just grown uh, grown with me. You know, it's 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 tattered, it's a little worn out, but it's uh, it's it's still it's still the same book that I got it's, twenty odd years ago. It's those words, those those books, in fact, that just you know you just want to hang on to, and you almost want to pass them down generation after generation because they're so incredibly beautiful um the artist has created a fairy world of beauty with animals plants reptiles and small details making each double page spread a breathtaking scene luminous that was uh, from publishers weekly speaking about that particular book as well um so much in the pictures do you think we underestimate I've, I've asked, you know, other illustrators and writers of, of children's books before that we underestimate the power of illustrations in uh, books. I think we do. And I think that we don't, uh, you know, there are some amazing, amazing illustrators out there uh, and a lot of very talented uh, children's book uh, illust- illustrators. And it's not an easy thing uh, to do, to, to illustrate and to make a story visual. Uh, it's actually quite quite difficult and, and involved, and especially to do it uh, for children's books, which is a whole different uh, world of, of imagination and colors and and, and uh, illustrations. I think that we, uh, I think that illustrators are sometimes taken for granted, but they are essential to uh, to books. And you know what? I feel like it draws the adults in as well. I love them. I it love does. Them. The illustrations in this book are. Uh, they're just they're they're they are, they are luminous. Yeah, they're gorgeous. From that poetry, we're going to go to your poetry now. My Afra. poetry. Yes. I am very excited about doing this uh, poem. I this is my favorite part because uh, <laughs> your poetry is really something else. It's, yeah. Um, I remember seeing you. It was in a video for the first time, performing, and I was just arrested 
by your words. It was incredible. It was an amazing moment. This uh, poem that I'm that I'm going to do, um, it is a poem called. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about finding your voice and finding your uh, your dreams and and following your dreams and, and finding your passions. So I've decided that the poem that I'm going to do is a poem called Shira. Um, it was a poem that was actually written for Shara, um, which is the entrepreneurship center in uh, in Sharjah. So it's it's uh, it's amazing to be able to do this um, this poem um, in Sharjah. And I can't do it sitting down, so I'm just gonna go for it. We're gonna just um, adjust just the microphone. Yes. There you go. Okay, I think we're good. You're very good. Yes. Okay. So this is a poem called Shira'i. Um, if you don't know, Shira'i is the Arabic word for sail, like sail of a, of a boat. <clears throat> the fastest way to kill a poetry performance is to be generic. The fastest way to kill a dream is to suffocate it. Squeeze out every last breath wedge it between the words realistic and unattainable rapid and blankets of self-doubt and tell it it has no place here. Ostracize, an outcast until no one recognizes its face or speaks its name. Kill off passion. Make sure that if the dream ever dares to show its face here again, the dream has no friends and nowhere to stay. So when they tell you, you can be anything you want to be. They mean something within reason, within the constructs of a society that dictates what is acceptable. Find a job that is acceptable. Silence your passion. Watch your dreams like a silent movie on repeat. When I tell them I'm a poet, when I tell them I am a poet, they look at me like a failed business venture. A sorry we can't meet with you, a call us back when you have a stronger proposal. Poets and entrepreneurs both no convention is just convenience we use to convince ourselves that our dreams are worthless, that we are worth less than is customary, convicting us with no judge and a fact-lacking jury, your honor. I move to dismiss the motion of the notion of the continuous, quote, status quo. You can't quell my concern. Yes, you can direct quote me on that. Let's recap. They say they like my flow, but I know that it means that we object to this rejection. Let the record show we know it is never about the final destination. It is about how badly we want to get there. This is for people who want to get there. The underdogs, who know they can beat the odds when the deck is clearly stacked against them. These are people who know it can happen when muggles believe in magic. They look to new horizons like Frodo leaving the Shire scared, but determined they are not misfits. They are perfectly placed apostrophes. The difference between Y-O-U apostrophe R-E and your this is about survivors like a skin grown thick like armor riding through life like a battlefield. We are knuckles bruised from knocking on doors that said they'd never open because our ideas were never good enough. But the same people rejecting us? The same people rejecting us are the same people who use the flower crown filter and forget that Snapchat was a startup. Those who stuff the makers of change like monsters in boxes and bedtime stories forced to roam around under cover of darkness. The ones who forgot how sleep feels because their dreams are more important than rest. No wonder they say 2 a.m. was made for the artist. We know this is not the quickest way to become famous. It is about looking at what is and figuring out how to change it. It is about life slapping you across the face and you screaming back, I got this. This? is me. This is me being asked to spell the word unnecessary in the sixth grade spelling bee replacing a C with an S two S's with a C tripping over my words not seeing what I was saying stuttering off the stage in shame and coming back a slam queen this is for him. Who knows his app can revolutionize the way we see business saves his allowance because investors won't take a chance on someone armed with just a dream and a business plan under the age of 19 this is for her with a passion that can outshine the stars in a voice like an anthem. We've lost too many stars to this life's brutal clenched fist. This is not a motivational speech. This is a call to create communities of creators, engineers, of ideas. It is knowing that no amount of training and social conditioning can change what you believe in, so open your arms. Leave your hearts out like a welcome mat. 
turn on the porch lights. It's been a starless night for far too long that the dreams know it's time to come home. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Afratik, there is no better way to end the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having we're me. We're an absolute pleasure, and we're going to have you back again. That's it for us here on Life Beats. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.